This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet required for mobile. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo with Jared Tim tonight, celebrating Mike Trout winning the MVP. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just you know kind of sitting in the room trying to steal signs. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Getting out to throw a little shade there. Are we going to talk about that? I don't. I mean, we could probably throw something. Oh, I guess in the plan. I, John might want to be on that conversation too, but we'll, we'll see where, where this one rolls. Yeah. In the show today, we're going to talk a little bit more of that second tier of pitching options. We talked about the first tier the other day. We're going to have a newcomer come on. Brock Davis reached out to us about joining the podcast. We're going to give him a little tryout. We're going to call him and just you know see what this kid is about with baseball. His assignment was to go across the rest of MLB, so we're going to throw some, some questions at him and see exactly what he has to say. But before we even get there, we just want to let you know that we hate while we're still a new podcast, we're starting to get established, and we really appreciate your support. If you are new though to us and you haven't left a review yet, we'd really appreciate that five star review. Head over to Apple Music, subscribe, leave a five star review to help us move with the charts. If you want us to earn it, please send us an email at talkinghillsgmail.com. Give us your feedback, we really appreciate it. And also share us out, please. Twitter, Facebook, text, whatever. If you know the Angels fan who'd like the show, we'd really appreciate you sharing us out. Okay, we cannot go any further, though, Jerry, without talking about Mike Trout. Another MVP award. Was it a given? No, actually. I mean, I, I was getting a little nervous, to be honest. Like, I was sitting uh, on the laptop watching watching the beginning of the game, or watching, not the beginning of the game, but the beginning of uh, you know the telecast, and saw Bellinger win over Yelich, and I was like, well, if this is how the voters are going to vote this year, I'm I'm a little bit nervous right now, and um you know start i i think my telecast was a little bit behind everybody else's because i started scrolling through twitter a little prematurely and saw trout won mvp about a about a minute early compared to my my telecast so i it, it was a relief but you know for like 20 minutes or so there i was you know breathing heavy i wasn't i wasn't sure what was going to happen there but you know trout pulled it out and you know it actually kind of in a way it kind of would have been a little bit fun to have a split vote 
you know, have two MVPs. Because I mean, they both they both really deserved it this year. And in, in all honesty, you know, they both had great years. Um, I mean, when you look at what Trout did uh, for the 134 games that he was in, of course, you know, he was he was far better than anybody else in the league. Um, but you know, Bregman was able to catch up there at the end. I think he played a I think it was 154 games, I believe. So I think he played about 20 more games and had about 90 more at bats, is what if I remember correctly. So. You know, it's uh, it was uh, close, definitely, and I thought, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if it would have been a tie. You know, fifteen, fifteen, right down the middle. But you know, it's, uh, as an Angels fan, you gotta you gotta hand it to the voters and say thank you for getting it right this time, right? I can only imagine the kind of season Trout would have had had a had he not gotten hurt, and B had he not had to shoulder a big as low as he did. Like he didn't have a whole lot of protection to line up for much of the year. The pitching staff, well, we've been through that over and over again. What would this year have been like if he didn't have to pick the team up on his shoulders a couple of times throughout the year? And he, you know, what I mean by that, he's depressed. He had to go more into a power hitting game. So you saw an average drop. You saw him looking to go deep to try and get some guaranteed runs. And I wonder if he'd had more support, what kind of numbers he would have had this year. The way. When he was on, the way he was on, it was outstanding. But we also saw some slumps as a result of that as well. So, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, he actually, when he was talking about his season, he's you know he he said it's the best season he ever had. He thinks. Um, I mean, numbers wise, possibly, maybe. I mean, you can you can definitely make an argument for it being his best season. You know, he was on pace. He was on pace at one point. I think through the All Star break to have about a fifteen win season, which is like Babe Ruth. S like you don't you don't see that you don't see what he was doing through the first half of the season it was it was unbelievable um you know and then he like we said you know he kind of you know started struggling a bit and I think the injuries did play definitely played a little bit in and I think uh, the Skaggs death played a little bit into it and he talked about his leadership role as well that he took on uh, and this year especially he took on a much bigger leadership role and he said mentally that was a that was a bigger burden that he bared. Um, you know, being a being a bigger leader, and then with the Skags, you know, a thing that happened, and all and all of that. Um, so he he could have easily had a, an incredible like a twelve win season if he stayed healthy and and everything. And I'm just I'm I'm excited to get a healthy Trout back next next year and a, have a healthy Otani in the lineup and a and a Joe Adele and a healthy Justin Upton. And I want to see what this offense can do next year. They could easily be a top five offense in baseball if everybody stays healthy and does what they're supposed to do. So, you know, I'm just already getting myself excited for next year. Yeah, excuse the pessimist, though. When does an Angels lineup or Angels pitching staff stay healthy? Exactly. So, so, so do this now. Pull the superstitions out, you know, knock on wood. I need to get one of those audible, like, sound bites just so it's knock on wood and just play that every time we go there and that next year will be different. I well, don't knock too hard because we might think you're stealing signs. <laughs> don't knock too hard. I'm sorry. I, I might throw them in all night. I might throw them in all night. <laughs> you're going to let this just keep going. That's the second time. Yeah, we can throw it in all night. It, it was clear, though, to me that Trout was pressing and that he did feel the pressure of having to carry this load. You, you saw in just how his approach to plate change. And I saw some criticisms of him of him on social media about, you know, his his percentage of hitting with two outs or rushing scoring position or however you want to say it. And you know, things change when you have to hit for power versus hit for average. 
if you're hitting for power, you're going to take some more out, but you're also going to get more out as well. Like, I'm not sure if I said that right. You're going to take some out of the ballpark, but you're going to get out more as well. And that's the price you pay when you play the power game. So it's hard to judge a season. I'm going to be really interested in seeing next year how his approach to play changes when you're going to have a bunch of healthy bodies in there. And it looks like the team will be healthy unless something happens in spring training. It looks like the entire lineup will be healthy and good to go. No major injuries that aren't fixable by just allowing time to heal your body. So 2020 is a new year, and it's coming real quick. Speaking of 2020, though, we have some pitchers. This this second tier to look at, and I wanted to really make sure you were on the show for this. Madison Bumgarner, you've mentioned him. You mentioned him quite a bit, and... I know that you made a case around him. I'm not so like you are. We're talking about a guy who's had his injuries. His market value right now, according to Spot Track, is $21.1 million per year at age 30 with injuries in his career that, that are, um, well, I would say fairly, fairly devastating. A shoulder injury in 2017, for example. That's, that's pretty serious stuff. Overall statistics, pretty good though. I mean, especially earlier in his career, recent years, he's not been as good. What's your overall assessment of Bumgarner, and what will be your case for signing him to the Angels? For me, and you know, it's 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 a secondary option. In all honesty, I mean, I I you have to look at it both ways. You know, you you gotta you gotta have a, a second plan. You gotta have the B plan. You gotta you gotta have you know the the next idea. If you don't get Garrett Cole. You know, it's it's what is that idea? And it's got to start. You know, you got to hope it starts with Madison Bumgarner um, because I, I or Strasburg, of course. But I mean, it, it, that next if you don't get Cole or Strasburg, you, you definitely have to push real hard for Bumgarner's if he's on the board. Uh, last year, he pitched uh, 207 innings, which was the most he's pitched since 2016. Um, he had a 3.2 F war, which was. Pretty good for for a pitcher. Um, he had a three point nine oh fifth and ERA. He you know it, every everything looked decent. He made thirty four starts. Personally, I have him at five years for eighty million, looking at about sixteen million per year. I could easily see him getting a little bit more than that, up upwards of twenty million a year. Like I I believe you said the uh, spot tracks market value is. On that, um, scrolling down here as I'm sitting here on stat-wise, his average fastball velocity was up a little bit last year, which was a good sign. He is still only, let's see here, he's still, wow, I'm losing he's it. He's at 30, like 91 and a half. Yeah, he's 30, 91 and a half, which was up from the previous year, but he was hurt um, a lot of the previous years before, so which isn't which isn't a bad thing, and he has the postseason um, resume, so you know, I'm, it's not somebody personally that I, I would like to put at the front of the bullpen. I'd rather have Garrett Cole or at the front of the rotation. I'd rather have Garrett Cole or Stephen Strasburg, of course. But you need a secondary plan, a hundred percent. You need somebody that's going to be able to give you those innings. You can't, you can't go out and make a one-year deal again. You can't do that again. You need, you need to make a push, or else you know something, or else um epler won't be around to see another off season you know it's it's just plain as simple as that and it's it's definitely pushing that way so uh it bumgarner is a fantastic secondary plan in my opinion or actually plan c i guess if you don't get cole or strasburg cole strasburg wheeler that's the order i would have him in 
Yeah, Wheeler's definitely. I put I put Wheeler in that in that second tier. You know, Cole and Strasburg can be that one tier, unless you want to put Cole even higher than the one tier. But but yeah, you know, it's um, it's definitely. I, I have Wheeler pretty close to Bumgarner in my opinion. They're they're pretty similar pitchers. Well, Wheeler's going to pitch harder. He's yes. got less mileage on him. Has had the serious injuries, a bit more serious than Bumgarner's had. But you know, looking at in terms of where they have to go, I'm looking at Bumgarner's ERA on the road this year in the mid fours. That's a problem. You're talking about a person for the first time in his career go 30 home runs. That's that's something to be concerned with. The first time his career's getting a more than 80 earned runs, actually go 90 earned runs in this time around. I'm seeing a downward trajectory for him at this point. He's age 30. He doesn't have the same stuff he had before. He's going to be a mid-rotation guy, and you're talking about paying him up to $20 million per year, not you in general. But since the market appears to be going, matter of fact, spot track has a little bit higher. I'm not sure this is a guy I want to go with right now at that pay rate. Now, if he lingers in the off season and, and folks start getting the same concerns, I have the same kind of, you know, chills about his resume. His resume is over 1800 innings. That's a lot of innings pitch. And you only, again, we've said it numerous times. You only have so many bullets in the gun. You only have so many you're going to throw. So I'm concerned at this point with him already showing signs of, coming down to earth last three seasons, all above three ERA This four seasons before that were all below th- three ERAs. He was at one point, one of the best pitchers in the league. He's not that anymore. And I'm not sure he's worth paying the kind of money that they're talking about right now. It's, I mean, I'm not sure if you want to come back at me on that one, but no, I mean you. You're right. There's there's some flaws there, and there's gonna be flaws with everybody on this market. But he's a good guy to pair with somebody. You know, like I said, he's not he's not going to be the guy anymore. But he's a good guy to pair somebody pair him with. And I know we're going to talk about a couple more of these guys in this uh, second tier here in a minute. But he, he's definitely it, it's definitely somebody you you pair with. You know, it's not a it's not you can't just go out and get Bumgarner. You know, it's or I mean, hey, if you even want to push it even more, you you pair him with one of those tier A guys. You go get Wheeler and Bumgarner or Cole or uh, Strasburg and Bumgarner, and then you, now you got yourself a really, really, really nice rotation. But I don't know if they spend that type of money. So it doesn't appear they're going to go that far. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's a ton of money. Another person on the list, he actually has a much higher market value according to Track. That's twenty seven point six million. That's Ryu from the Dodgers. He's got his own set of concerns that come with it as well. Mostly, the injuries. The injuries in his career have... He's been oft injured. Is it safe to say? Oft oh, injured? <laughs> definitely, yeah. That, I mean, but you saw what a healthy uh, Ryu did last year. Yeah, and or that's the other side help. of it. And he's been... Let's see, he missed... In 2018, he missed 105 days in... 2017, he missed 32 days. And, well, you might as well just look at virtually all of 2016 out. Overall, though, last year when he was on, he was either the best pitcher in the league or one of the best pitchers in the league. And that can't be ignored. You are you just crossed town in Dodger Stadium, went 14 and 5, a 2 3 2 ERA, had a 5.07 war. Only gave up 47 earned runs in 182 innings. He's got 
multiple pitches. His pitches won't blow you away in terms of speed. It's his changeup, which is the best one out there. I would say if you want to take a shot at him, he might be worth it on a short deal. I, I'm, I wouldn't be going five, six years for him. It's not, it's not worth the risk concerning all the injuries he's had before, but two-year deal, three-year deal. What do you think? I mean, I, I have him at three four fifty, which is let me do the math here, seventeen million per year. So you're getting him a little bit, a um, little bit less years uh, because he is thirty three years old. But you have to pay him slightly more. Um, trending wise, he's in or the three years that he's been really good. He's pitched over one hundred and fifty innings. So basically, I mean, if you're able to get him for over one hundred and fifty innings. You know, and like we said, if he stays healthy, he's been a good pitcher. In those three years, he was he had a three point eight WAR, he had a four point zero WAR, and he had a four point eight WAR. A four point eight was last year, so he really played, he really pitched well last year. Um, in the other, I believe he played in the other three years that he pitched, he put up a zero WAR in four innings in two thousand sixteen. So he was hurt the whole year. He put up a zero point six WAR in one hundred twenty six innings in two thousand seventeen. Only made twenty five starts. And then in 2018, he put up a 1.9 WAR in 80, 82 and a third innings. So I mean, if, if he's healthy, you're getting you're going to get a good pitcher. If he's not healthy for you, he's I mean he's not a, he's he's not going to be there for you. So I mean, you can say that about any pitcher as well. So, but but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, if you it's a good off season if you can go get Bumgarner and Ryu. That's a that's a that's a solid off season in my opinion. That that's you need you need to go get those guys and I mean people are going to hate hate me saying that and I've been on I've been on board for the secondary plan for a while. I mean, I'm not 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 a huge fan of being on board of giving a pitcher 35 million a year which is what uh, Cole's going to get, but I mean, it's it's just one of those things. It's problematic overall, honestly. Because Cole is so good that he's worth the money, but because pitchers get hurt these days, they don't just, you're not going to see a pitcher anymore go 13, 14, 15 years and not get hurt. And that makes him a time bomb. So you're uneasy about putting that kind of money into a time bomb. And then you're also uneasy about going after a guy like Ryu who's been hurt before and is likely to be hurt again, quite frankly. But he's also a... He's a solid option. He's really a solid option, especially since he's not going to have to go through a change of culture. He's just going across town. He's just he's moving one county over. <laughs> That's all he's doing. He's moving one county over to that you're in the Southern California area still. You are he's there. He's aware of the angels and could be with a lot of the same doctors, a lot of the same people. Wouldn't have to sell his house or anything probably. So it, it's a fair option. I don't like again. I'm I'm totally not into Bumgarner. Dude, I'm just not. <laughs> I'm open to Ryu, especially if it's short-term. I'm not sure the Angels really want to go long-term on somebody. It's a shame the next year's free agent class doesn't have a whole lot of options because that means they really have to take risks in this class that I'm not sure they'd want to take. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's. I mean, you're looking at, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't have next year's free agent class, but when I did look, nobody was younger than, 32 years old so you're going to be at a short-term deal there anyways um or you go make a trade for somebody you know that that'll that'll end up being what's going to kind of end up having to happen um kind of back onto the garrett cole thing though like i i i would go five i think i said five years for 200 million dollars 
40 million a year. Would you do that? Five for 200 million straight up? Just give them, give them that annual, uh, you know, 40 million. 40? Yeah, 40 million a year for five years. Or instead of, instead of the eight years for 250, 275, whatever he's going to get. I'd front load it if they, if he'd let me do it. (laughs) I would just, because at five years, at 29, it's different than like CJ Wilson's at five years at age 31. I would want to front load it, but that's not how MLB does their contracts. No, I mean, I I think it's, I think it's a, uh, to get him on a shorter deal, give him more money. Yeah, but he won't take it because if there's more guaranteed money in security long term, that's what he's going to take, even if it's less than years. You'd have to really blow him away with that with that short term deal. It would have to be something that's going to break a lot of how I say it. A lot of it's going to break some kind of uh, the words escaping me, Jared. I mean, forty million a year is breaking breaking I mean, the record. Yeah, as but it is. that's not going to be enough because you have to think about what he's looking for is total contract value, and he still wants to be paid max. But if you're taking out three, if you're taking a contract three years lower than what, say, the Yankees are offering, let's say the Yankees offer eight years and thirty six million dollars, or five years at forty million dollars, I. Probably would go with the Yankee deal unless he really was willing to bank on the idea that he'll be healthy in five years or reasonably healthy, go out there and get a decent contract and not necessarily a 40 mil contract. The truth is, we he might take it. We don't know what's going through his mind right now, but you know who's behind him is Scott Boris. Scott Boris wants years. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, you're right on that. I, you know, I'm 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 thinking outside the box. I think outside the box. On, I got to think outside the box on everything. You never know what you know. Billy Epler and crew are going to do. They've they've pulled off so much so much random stuff in the past that has worked, not worked. You know, I mean, you just you always have to be thinking a little bit outside of the box with the uh, with. I mean, anybody in baseball, not just Billy and you know their staff, but he, anybody can pull off anything. I mean, it, Hey, you know, he may go sign with Tampa Bay for all we know. You know, we just you just don't know. It's, it's one of those guys, you know, we just we just don't know. There's 29 other teams in play, so you just don't know. Or 30 other teams and 30 teams altogether in play. That would be mind-blowing if he went and signed with Tampa Bay. I'm just saying. Oh, I know. I, I, outside of the box, you know, always thinking outside the box. All right. So, folks, we want, we're going to keep going in this conversation. We have a couple more people to talk about. Before we do, we want to br- bring on – Brock Davis for our new segment looking at the rest of the league and he's a young guy so we're going to give him a little bit of a hard time you know the young buck of the <laughs> Jared was the young buck for a while now and now it's all about the young young kid who wants to show off his stuff can you show it off he's on the conversation now we see oh he see he, he even shows up on camera we're not even showing up on camera today this guy showed up on camera we have Brock Davis here Wearing all angels gear, ready to roll. Brock, welcome to Talking yes. Halos, our our league correspondent for the for today. Brock, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing all right. You you were uh, we're gonna kind of throw you out there a little bit, maybe under a train, a little bit of a bus. You reached out to us wanting to know about podcasts and about the Angels a little bit, and uh, we said, well, yeah, we'll give you a try. Tell us more about yourself and tell the audience about you, actually. Uh, my name is Brock. I'm 22 years old. 
Um, as you can see, I'm a pretty uh, diehard Angels fan considering all the gear I got on. Um, but not only that, but I'm pretty much just a big baseball fan in general, and I felt like I could bring something to the table about uh, baseball knowledge and anything that the listeners might want to hear. All right. So John's not with us tonight because John gets intimidated by Jared's knowledge, Jared's mountain of knowledge. Come on, John. I hope you're listening somewhere and giving, raising your fist to the ear like the old man shining on a cloud. Brock, <laughs> one of the things we want to get into about the free agency period getting underway is where are these guys going? There is a lot of speculation about Garrett Cole. Let's start there. We know that the Angels need pitching. We know that the Yankees are going to look at them. Maybe the Dodgers, if they decide if they want to spend money or not. Houston may be involved. How many teams do you expect to be involved in the Garrett Cole sweepstakes, and where do you see him landing? Uh, that's a great question. So I'm going to be honest. I'm a little confused on where a lot of these writers are getting the idea that the Yankees are going to be on Garrett Cole, and I'll tell you why. Um, I have looked into this a lot just because I've been kind of confused about the whole ideology of him going to New York. Um, and the reason that is, is even just with the people they have on their active roster coming up for this next season, they already have approximately 195 million committed. Um, so if they bring back Gardner, they bring back Batances. Uh, they've kind of already said that they plan on getting rid of uh, Gregorius and not offering him another deal. But if they bring back either of Batances or Gardner, they're already going to be over the luxury tax just with the money they have committed. Um, with that being said, if they sign Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg, and some people have even been saying both, not only are they going to be paying the 30% uh, tax over the luxury tax because it's going to be their second time over, but they're going to be hitting over the $40 million mark uh, over the threshold, which means they're probably going to be paying close to 75% of the luxury tax competitive ba balance tax plus the over $40 million surtax on top of that. And I just do not see... Uh, the Yankees franchise be willing to do that, especially if they don't come home with the World Series at the end of the year. It would probably be the most expensive sports franchise in history to not win a World Series. So that's definitely where I sit on the Yankees. As far as Wait, the Dodgers... Wait, one second. Sorry, one question ahead. there. Are you seeing anything in terms of possible trade for them? Any trades to kind of clear out some of that salary? Is that all just guaranteed, period? What can they do to clear space for Cole? So I have thought about that, too. Um, so they already signed Arotis Chapman back with his extension. Uh, I figured that that might have been one of their their chips that they could have used to clear some payroll to make a deal like that happen, and that that's not going to happen. Um, Stanton would probably be the biggest one, but there's no way that they're going to be able to get that chip off their table. There's just no way anybody's going to be willing to take over uh, Stanton's payroll, especially with him not performing in close to a year and a half. Um, other than that, as far as uh, just a baseball fan in general, and if I were part of the Yankees administration, if they trade anybody that's in the high end of their payroll, then they're just going to be trading chips off the table that could be bringing them back to the playoffs and win the World Series again. Especially with their lack of health last year, they want some of the guys that may have underperformed last year to come perform this year and bring them back to where they were, and I just don't see them really making any big trades to make that happen. I mean, I'm looking at their payroll here. You got Stanton getting $26 million next year. Tanaka's on a no-trade clause getting 23. Ellsbury's getting $21 million on a no-trade clause. You already mentioned Chapman with $17 mil. Uh, you, you could possibly entertain a half deal. Uh, you're not getting much back with it. Um, Zach Britton you could possibly entertain, but 
like you said, I mean, if you trade Britain, you're trading away a bullpen piece, which I don't know if you have anything to replace that yet. Um, I mean, you, you're right in a way. I mean, the, you do have to get, you do have to move a lot of pieces and, and, to get Garrett Cole, and I, I, I'm waiting on that. You know, I mean, I just, I don't think, I don't see it. You know, I, I mean, the Angel fan inside of me says I, I don't see it at all, anyways, but. You know, the uh, the baseball side of me, I mean, just looking at this now, it just doesn't it doesn't make too much sense to me. But they are the Yankees. And, you know, mm. Captain already said they're going to go and push for him. So, I mean, you just you never know. And Boris loves New York anyways. So you just never know. Um, I mean, since we're starting up talking about pitchers, I guess give us a little bit on the street. Steven Strasburg. I mean, I, I, we, t- we talk about him, uh, I think, on a daily basis right now anyways on this podcast because. You know he's a target that I think the Angels would uh, be happy to get. So what do you uh, what do you got on uh, Strasburg? I, I know you want to talk a little bit more about Cole, but I'll, let's throw Strasburg right away. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, so I have a varying opinion for most Angels fans on this one myself. So I personally think Cole's going to go to the Angels. And so with that being said, I think from a management standpoint and from an Angels fan standpoint that I would rather sign Zach Wheeler than Steven Strasburg, and I'll get into that right now. I think that Strasburg is probably going to perform similarly to how he did last year, if not as as good. I don't I don't think he's going to put up the same numbers he did this year, um, and that's just me going out on a whim, and, and that's just my my prediction. Um, so I probably put him at anywhere between a five and a five point five WAR. Um, so he may or may not end up with the Angels, but he's going to be going there for probably thirty million um, if he did. So. I think that he's going to end up with the San Diego Padres for close to six years, 180. Um, and that would be a great deal for the Padres. He'd be a great fit there. Um, but on the Angels st- uh, side of it, if they sign him for six and 180 and they sign Cole for what I think is going to be seven and 245, it pretty much leaves no breathing room for payroll. Um, and that's our lock in two guys. And there's nothing wrong with that. But. On the, on the adverse side of it, you could get Zach Wheeler for what I project is probably going to put up 4.5 to 5 war for close to $10 million cheaper a year. Um, and he's a couple years younger. So that's just my opinion on uh, Strasburg. I think he's going to San Diego. You don't think he goes back to Washington? I think it's definitely a possibility, uh, but I think I think he's going to end up in San Diego. I do. I think he's going to go to the young squad. I think the San Diego Padres are going to be – I think they're probably the, one of the most top three interesting teams in baseball right now, and they probably will be World Series champions within the next 10 years. Wow. I mean, I, I've had Ooh. I've had Padres 2021 anyways, written them down. So uh, I, I totally – this is a big offseason, I think, for them. I think they could go possibly make a, make a trade or two and get some pitching, and I think they could – easily push a wild card spot next year if everything goes right um you know there's going to be some reg- regression from their from their rookies tatis i mean it's it always is going to happen you know no, i mean unless you're crazy crazy good which is tatis is great he's a great player there's going to be a little regression i believe in the sophomore slump it's just just how how i look at things um but yeah i mean i'm with you there on the padres i, I could totally see him going to the padres i could see him see him going back to washington i mean see him coming to the angels can see him going to the dodgers i mean there's uh like i said about cole there's 30 other team 30 teams that want these two guys i mean they he, they could go anywhere uh i mean maybe not miami but they, they could go anywhere <laughs> yeah well there, there are a lot of estimates too that about how much is already going to spend already said payroll go up this year but we don't know how much goes up but you don't think he'll go to luxury tax threshold we we don't we, we don't think he will. He the feeling is that you don't have the financial capability to do so, but 
I don't really believe that. If it was a short-term basis and you wanted to go get there to go for a ring, for example, I think he'd do it. But Wheeler, to me, is interesting. We, he, I've come around a lot on Wheeler, by the way. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Brock, about where Wheeler goes? Is, is he to you an angel, or do you see someone else come and get him? Um, I I would love to see Zach Wheeler in an Angels uniform, and I honestly do think that's where he ends up. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't, and we went out and got a bum gardener, and now we can't get Odorizzi because he accepted his uh, qualifying offer. Um, but I, I think he's going to end up in an Angels uniform just because, like I said, he would sign for close to $10 million cheaper than Strasburg with production of a pro- of around the same. And that's just, you know, that's just speculation that they're going to perform around the same. But I think Wheeler, in my hot take opinion, is going to have just as good of a season as Strasburg next year and probably continue that for a couple more seasons after the fact. Um, so with that being said, I think Wheeler comes to the Angels for close to either 4 and 100 or 5 125. Um, maybe a little less than that, anywhere between 20 to 25 million a year, which would give us anywhere between 15 million or so left over in, in uh, competitive balance tax. And to be honest with you, you brought up how Artie Marino, um, you know, might not overpass that competitive balance tax. I want to be surprised if we signed Wheeler, signed Cole and went out and signed a grand all, which would for sure put us over that competitive balance tax but we would go right below it again next year, and we would not get any higher than a 30% uh, tax on top of our uh, over the threshold. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, over, if he went over it one year because the next year would be guaranteed that we'd go right back underneath it and we'd start fresh again. Now, just for clarification's sakes, what would, what would be the guarantee he'd be going below it next year? Oh, you mean uh, payroll-wise? Yes. What would cause it to go below next uh, year? Well, next year we only have or not next, 2021 I'm, I'm talking about. So we would only, if we did go over for 2020 season, then 2021 uh, we would dip below it because the only uh, guaranteed contracts we have going for that year as of right now is Trout, Pujols, and Upton. Um, so we have very little money guaranteed for 2021 currently. And obviously if we sign Cole or we sign Wheeler and Grandall, that would go up. But I still don't think that those uh, numbers would add up to go above the tax bracket again. All right, so Brock, what, before we let you go, just one more question for you, and here you go. Yeah. What other surprising thing can we expect for this offseason coming up? Just across baseball. Surprising thing. One shocker. Oh, man. That's a good question. Robot umpires. No, nah, not yet. No. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully not. I'm not on board with all that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like everybody's been talking about either bets being traded or Lindor being traded or, or the Cubs trading everybody away. I could go a different couple directions here. Um, I, I think Rendon's going to LA um, or going back to Washington, but that I think that would be kind of a little bit of a shocker for at least the Washington fans if he dipped out and went to the Dodgers, so that could be a shocker. Um, I could also go the route that I, I think the Red Sox don't trade bets. Um, I think that would not be the smartest move for them. Um, Lindor, that's kind of cooled down a little bit, so that one's not really going to be a shocker if they don't trade him. Uh, so I guess maybe for the biggest shocker would be the Cubs literally trading everybody away. Um, I don't, I don't, I personally don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but you asked for a shocker, and I think that it may be in the realm of possibilities that the last big name standing on that team by uh, the start of the season, or at least the All Star break, is Rizzo, and everybody else is gone. 
I can see the All Star break. I'm not so sure about the off season right now. I, I'd yeah, the off season. You have to make a lot of moves for sure. I would think you'd want to see how you if you got one more run in you. So you go to the All Star break and you're thinking, okay, this isn't going to happen. All right, let's reload. Get him out of here. That's what I'm thinking, Jared. No, I'm with you on that. I think that you know talks have already started. I don't know if it's a if it's a you know go crazy and clean house type of thing, but it's definitely a well. Who are, who are we going to spend money on? Who are we going? Who are we not going to spend money on? And you know it wouldn't surprise me in any way if Chris Bryant and you know Wilson Contreras possibly didn't start the season in Cubs jerseys. That that wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. Um, I don't know if they go full sell, but you know definitely they they could definitely start selling off some pieces. You know. What about Wilson Contreras in an Angels uniform? That's it's always a possibility. They do need a they do need a catcher. Four and lots a half of mil. people talking about that. Lots of people talking about that. A lot cheaper than Grandall. Yeah, but Grandall calls a great game too. So was, you know, not saying yes. Contreras doesn't, but there's some there's some give and take there, including prospects going the other way. Who do you send over to the Cubs for that? Uh, I don't know. Who do you send? Because we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. All right, so Brock, let people know where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, of course. Uh, my Twitter, my personal Twitter is uh, capital B, capital D, R-O-X with the number eight. Uh, that's my personal Twitter. I also have a uh, blog that I write if you want to go check that out. Not really that big yet, just writing some blogs here and there. That link is also in the bio on that if you want to check that out. A little more baseball related than my personal my personal Twitter. All right, so... Brock, thanks so much for joining us, our Major League Baseball correspondent for Talking Halos podcast. And this first time he shows up dressed in all angels, all angels red, saying the, the angels are going to get both Cole and Wheeler. That's his prediction. We'll hold him accountable. We'll see what he says here in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of months later. Talking about Cole. Thanks so much, man. All right, no problem. Have a good night, guys. Yep. All right, so Jared, there's the there's the prediction. There it is, and I, I'm with the news of Odorizzi. But I was—I didn't even know he caught. I didn't know that Odorizzi took his qualifying off. Did you? I, I, yeah, I, I knew about it yesterday. I saw that he, or it might have been today. I can't remember. I, mean, I didn't catch it. I yeah, didn't catch he, it at all. He did. Yeah, he uh, he accepted his qualifying offer, uh, which was I think that seventeen and a half million, which takes him off the books this year. Which is, you know, that's good to see. I, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, and Will Smith also signed. He didn't accept the qualifying offer, and he went to Atlanta. So those are only two guys that I don't uh, that I and uh, wait. Um, Abreu, I think, took the qualifying offer too. I could be wrong. So what I think uh, I want to do here is because I think the next set of pitchers begins are like our tier three. Your Dallas Keuchel, your Cole Hamels. Let's save those for uh, for the weekend. All right, Jared. Final thoughts for the night. Got any? I I I, I, sp- I stick with my trend. Spend early, spend often. We could you know we could wake up with Garrett Cole being a, a an angel tomorrow. You just don't know. So uh, spend early, spend often, and uh, it's going to be a fun off season. Okay, I'm going to counter back. So I'm going to be shocked if that happens. He does not. Boris clients just have not been signing. It's just they have not been signing quickly. Too many people afraid of losing draft picks, but I don't know why, quite frankly. It, draft picks, we've had this conversation. They're nice to have. They're great to have. But the odds of everybody developing anyways versus getting a guaranteed ace, you, you go get the guaranteed ace. But to each their own. To each their own. Don't forget, folks, to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. 
We also have the group, the Talking Halos group. You can find me on Twitter at DC Puck. Find John at Jace Crane. Johnny's not here tonight because he, he ran scared. Jared is at Jared Timms. And, of course, you guys heard from Brock earlier. Make sure you give him a follow. I, I, I like his appearance. I don't know about you. I like to have a little extra conversation, some Major League Baseball side as well. So tune in. Maybe we'll hear from him again. Give us your feedback. and Let, let us know what you thought of Brock on the show. Send us an email there at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. So for the entire team, it's Derek C. Paul saying take it easy. We'll be back this weekend. Maybe by then we'll have a free agent signing. You never know. We're out of here. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.